Hallelujah. <laughs> All right, let's turn our Bibles tonight to Revelation 12, 1. And uh, we're going to start out there and just see all the things that we have. Uh, one thing we want to do is we just want to remember that uh, during all of these things that are transitioning in this, of uh, the Great Tribulation, this seven-year period of time is divided up into uh, different time periods. The first two periods we have, we know that Jesus is dealing with all of humanity. And out of that time period comes 144,000 sealed Jews. They're sealed uh, out of the sovereign will of God. And they will be ministering with these two witnesses that will be slain. We determine that the two witnesses are Elijah and Enoch, the only two people that have not died in the Bible. And some would say that it's Elijah and Moses, but Moses has already died, and it's appointed unto man once to die. So he could not be killed the second time. And uh, so, and we understand that this takes place, and during this, right here, this period of the Great Tribulation period, that a second rapture of those that have been ministering for the Lord, these men are caught up, and they are judged and they return with us when Jude says that the Lord returns with ten thousands of his saints. So these are taken up right before the uh, beginning of the Great Tribulation. The Great Tribulation begins right in this time period and it has three act, uh, active periods to it. This is the period that we're going to be talking about tonight. The woman, the dragon, the child, the and uh, archangel and the Jewish remnant, the sea beast and the land beast. And uh, we see that uh, during this time that there'll be three angels. We'll talk about that next week. All right. In Revelations 12, hallelujah. Remember, we're not trying to teach everything about Revelation because there, look, it's symbolisms and typologies are speculations. But we can determine the time frames that are not speculation. And that's what we want to locate on is truth. So that we don't create just fallacies. That we don't create presumptuous faith or presumptuous beliefs. And so we don't remember that God is not trying to make revelations relevant or understandable to the 21st or 22nd century of mankind. He is simply telling us what is going to happen. And when it happens, you're not going to have to figure out, I wonder if it's this helicopter is the scorpions that God was talking about. No, when the scorpions come, if you're here, you'll know this is God. And uh, so I do not believe in all of this symbolism and typologies that simply strip the, uh, the fear or the awesomeness of the wrath and the judgment of God poured out against ungodly men. And so, you know, we can presume and we can do all that presumptuous stuff and it means absolutely not a hill of beans in a pea patch. I'm just telling you, it doesn't mean nothing. And so if all we're going to do is speculate, then every time we preach it, we, could, we would have to alter our speculation because things change. God doesn't change. And I, I'm not against anybody that speculates. They get to do whatever they want to do. I'm just telling you that I'm a realist. 
I'm not trying to figure something out of the Bible that's not there. I'm not trying to make the Bible say something to make other people understand that, you know, we, we are going to see things that we're going to wonder about or, you know, it's going to be so subtle that we're not going to know that it's the wrath of God. Listen, the Pharaoh knew that it was the wrath of God. The magicians, after the first miracle, they said, buddy, this is God. Boy, you better pay attention, Pharaoh. And Pharaoh paid attention. So we have to understand that God is trying to get the attention of a lawless, rebellious people in order to redeem them. That's what he's trying to do in judgment. Okay, Revelation 12, 1 says it. And there appeared a great woman in the heavens, a woman clothed with the sun. Now the sun in this area talks about the glory. There is an unveiling, a splendor, just like the rising of the sun. Then this woman is seen in a place of glory that she has not been seen before. And it says, and there appears a great uh, a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet. Simply the moon would speak about the past covenants of something. They're sure, they're unchangeable. So this woman is being glorified, unveiled in splendor. And then she is also being revealed that she is a woman that has been committed and has stood on and been in relationship with the God of creation, a God of covenants. And then it goes on to say, and upon her head had a crown of 12 stars. The 12 stars represent the 12 sons of Jacob, the 12 tribes of Israel. So this woman really is Israel. It simply means that when this time period ends and this time period begins, that all of the attention that has been placed on everything else will fall upon a nation. And they will begin to see this nation unveiled and they'll begin to see it in a favorable place with God. And so these, this woman is a representative of the nation of Israel. There was just a... Uh, what, what was that? Where's Rob? Is Rob here? Rob, what was that that they just had over at the... Uh, uh, Gaza Strip. Come on up here and talk to me. They just, they just had a conference at the Gaza Strip. And I hate to tell you that many Christian leaders that you know uh, were there and they were anti-Israel. Now understand that Zionism is true. He is the God of Zion. And so when we speak against Zionism or Zionists or the Trinity faith or the one God of Israel, that they are speaking not only against Israel, but against the body of Christ. And there were people there that declared that Israel was not a nation at all. That, that God in the Old Testament is done with Israel today, in the New Testament. And so... Israel's done away with in the New Testament. Yeah, that they're occupiers in the land, and the land belongs to the Palestinians. Yeah. The Christian now, Palestinians and the Muslim Palestinians. Yeah, so. now this is not some Muslim. These are people, men of faith, that stand in our pulpits that preach yeah. Christ's redemption or portions of it 
through the cross. Yeah. Now these men are denying the very foundation of Israel. This is replacement theology. Yeah. Yeah. The body of Christ does not replace Israel. The body of Christ is engrafted into Israel's root. Amen. They are set aside Romans 9, 10, and 11 and realize that when they talk about replacement theology, that they're doing away with three, these three books that are relevant and that are revelationary to the Gentile church through the Apostle Paul that God has commissioned to speak to us. Yeah. And there was only one pro-Israel. One guy. One guy, his name is Michael Brown. Yeah. And uh, there were people that if, if we mentioned them, you would know them. Yeah. And you have to be careful that people that we listen to, that we listen to what they're saying about Israel. Because Israel is the offspring of the eternal friend Amen. of God. That is Abraham. And they are a part of our faith. They may not see it clearly, but they are part of it. And so we have to understand, and that really is detrimental oh, to Israel. Yeah. It's one thing to have the world talk against you, but now it's another to have men that say they are scholars and are recognized by, as being theological scholars to denounce yeah. the nationality of Israel. You have to understand that this thing where there is a, a unified church, there is a unified one organism, understand if that unification takes place and they denounce Israel, then Israel's capital will be overthrown. They were trumping on Trump. Yeah. And, uh, you know, please tell me this. How many other states would let another state borrow their capital? How many nations would allow another nation to come in and possess their capital? How dare the world ask anybody to sacrifice their capital for a bunch of renegades that have come out of 12 other tribes that do not hold dear their faith? Nobody would do that. It's crazy. You got anything else to say? No. Oh, good. Hallelujah. Give that back to Phil. And, and I'm just telling you, folks, listen to the people you are listening to. Because there is this big extreme. How many of you remember Jimmy Carter was a Christian? He's written a book that's been out for years that Israel is the problem. You get rid of Israel, you'll have world peace. Well, that is what uh, replacism is. It is simply the design to do away with the nation that God has formed. And those people have a right to have a country. Amen? They have a right to have a country. And so we have also a covenant right with them that we need to protect that right. And uh, it, so, anyway, that just aggravates me. Anyway, uh, so the woman is the nation of Israel. And she is made up of the 12 sons of Jacob. And it goes on to say, and she being with child, she cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. In other words, this is symbolic of the tribulations and the sufferings that Israel is about to go through because 
of the Antichrist or because of the beast. And it says, And there appeared unto another another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon. Now we do understand that this red dragon is, without a shadow of a doubt, Satan himself. And so he appears, and he rises up, and he does something, and he seeks having seven heads. Now, without going into this, uh, these seven heads really are representative of the Grecian uh, nations that used to be united that Satan had rule over. And these were seven nations that he used to have rule over. And then he talked about seven horns. These are the seven horns, and they rise up, and the seven horns are believed, believed to be seven nations that bind together that make up the old Roman Empire. Now, we've all heard that. So there are seven nations that Satan used to rule over, the old Grecian Empire, and then there are the ten nations that will band together. They're the horns. You can find that in Daniel in the ninth chapter. They're the horns that uh, Daniel explained to King Nebuchadnezzar in his vision. They were the ten countries. They make up, as it were, the uh, old Roman Empire. And then it says this, And his tail, the great dragon's tail, drew a third part of the stars of the heavens, and he did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. So Satan brings forth a third of the angels, the same amount that he uh, was kicked out of heaven with in his rebellion against God, Isaiah the 14th chapter and Ezekiel the 28th chapter. A third of the angels fell. They have not descended or been cast down to earth but they have established a heavenly kingdom. And the kingdom, the heavens are made up of three heavens. First is the heaven that you and I live in. It is a heaven that is a span between the earth and the second heaven. It is where birds fly, where people can live, they can breathe. But above that, there is no oxygen because it's not designed for anything from earth to live there. This is the second heaven this is where the battle between the angelic beings of Daniel's time fought with the uh, demonic powers uh, that were over the, the kingdom of Persia. And so this is where Daniel, this battle takes place, in between the third heaven, which is where God's heaven is, where his throne is seated. The first heaven is where we abide and live, fly and, and uh, you know, birds fly, so forth. But the second heaven is where the darkness of Satan's kingdom rules. This is a principalities, power, spiritual wickedness, and rulers of heavenly places. You've probably heard it a hundred times. Satan, go back to hell where you came from. He's never been in hell. Hell doesn't have an entry door and an exit door. It has an entry door, and there's a million ways to get in, but there ain't no way out. Ask the rich man. So Satan does not operate his kingdom from hell. And you can't send demons back to hell. You can't do it. Go back to hell where you come from. Well, Jesus didn't do that. It said that when they leave people's bodies, they go out into the dry places. doesn't say they go back home. doesn't say they take a vacation, go back and get refreshed to come back. 
You know, that's just idiotic teaching that people swallow. And uh, it's just not true. Satan's kingdom is in the second heaven. And so he brings down with him to earth those principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness, and rulers in heavenly places. They are now on the earth. And then it says and uh, in verse 5, And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule the nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God to his throne. Now, we would think, she had a child. What child did she have? The child is really not what we would call a physical child. What is it called is where it is, by all scholars, it is Jesus Christ. But it's not Jesus being born again. He is being unveiled. And a revelation of Christ is who Christ is. He is the revelation of the Word. When they acknowledge that he is Messiah, that's what Israel gives birth to. She gives birth to a revelation that Jesus is the son of the living God. And so the child that is born of her, not a physical child, but it is a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. And the devil wants to destroy that revelation because that revelation is what leads to salvation. And believe it or not, there are going to be thousands of people born through these time periods. And in this time period right here, they will also be born. During this time period, according to Revelations, I think it's, you know, I have to look here. Revelations uh, 13 uh, uh, talks about where uh, the angels will go forth and they will preach well, in Revelation 14, verse 6, it says this, And I saw another angel fly into the midst of the heavens, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation, every kindred, and to every tongue and people. Now, you see him fulfilling where Jesus says that he would not return until the gospel was preached unto every creature. So in this time frame that this takes place, there is angelic preaching taking place at the unveiling of Jesus Christ being the Messiah. All right. That's a mouthful. All right. And when the woman, and, uh, and she brought forth a man-child who was to rule with the nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness. The woman fled into the wilderness and to a place that God hath prepared for her that she that they should feed her there a thousand, two thousand, and threescore days. In other words, this woman, which is Israel, will be glorified, known as the people of God, because of past covenants, will have a revelation of Jesus Christ for three and a half years. This sets into motion a time period right here in the middle of seven years that takes place from the rapture of the church to the return of Jesus Christ. Right in the middle of it is a three-and-a-half-year period of time, and this are the, these are the seven pers personages that uh, are revealed. The woman is Israel, unveiled as God's people 
through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, the second thing that happens with that woman, she flees. The reason she flees is because of the persecution that the devil brings upon her, the great serpent, the dragon. The dragon, at this point in time, really has not as much significance as he will in the future, but Satan himself is now involved. He's now on the earth, and so things are about to change. And so then we want to look at verse 7. As she has been led there for three and a half years, she will be in that mountain in a protected place by God. She will be provided for. And it says, and there was war in the heavens. Now, why is there war in the heavens if the devil had been cast to the earth? It says, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, which happened in Daniel, the 10th chapter. And the dragon fought and his angels, the third that fell with him, and prevailed not, neither was a, their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, Satan, which deceived the whole world that he should be cast out into the earth with his angels and were cast out with him. And then it says, And I heard a, a loud voice saying in the heavens, Now has come salvation and strength, and the King of our God, the power of his Christ, for the accuser of our brethren had been cast down, which accused them before our God night and day. Now, what is this second war? The second war is when Satan attempts to reestablish his kingdom of domain in the second heavens. He is unsuccessful. And in not, not only is he defeated from trying to retake his kingdom, his kingdom is destroyed. Is it a literal place? It's a literal place. And it is destroyed, and his place is found no more. So now he becomes an, an inhabitant of the earth. And then in verse 11 it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. In other words, this is not just talking about, we say, we overcome him by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, but there has to be a focus and a persistence to see the victory that is in both come to pass. And you've got to desire victory more than you desire life. Christians are very unfocused. They're focused for the first 10 minutes of their act of faith. We pay our tithes. We never thank God for the reward of it come Monday morning. Why? We've lost our focus. We give seed. We don't write it down. We don't thank God for it. We don't do anything for it. What happens? Faith dies. There's more money between heaven and earth than we could ever spend in 10 millenniums. But the reason is, is that Christians don't finish what they start. We should never start anything unless you're willing to live it until the day that you die. Amen. Faith failures will do nothing. You know, I, I'm, I might not preach it, but I, I, I want to preach a message. Why are you destroying yourself? Christians pray 
with no, in, no attempt to ever see an answer. You know what you do? You just destroy your faith. You destroy your spirit. You pray things that you're not willing to fight for. Don't start the fight. Just don't pray if you aren't willing to resist, fight, do all that you can to allow God to bring an answer to your life. If you keep doing it, you are going to corrupt, as it were, your spirit. And what I mean by corrupt doesn't mean you're going to make it unclean. It means you're going to bury it in a hill of dead acts of faith. Then Christians want to know, why don't I get answered? Because you've never seen anything through. I'm sorry, but it's the truth. We are destroying ourselves because of a lack of expectation and true faith. Just because you say it out of your mouth doesn't mean that it's faith. Amen? You know, people say, oh, life and death are in the power of tongue, if you believe it. But you just spew out trash all you want. If you have no faith in it, it'll accomplish nothing. Oh, I beg your pardon, it'll work without you. Oh, bug hum. It will not work without you. There's not one thing in that Bible that will work without your faith. And there's nothing in the kingdom of darkness that won't work without your doubt. Come on, I'm telling you. And it's time for us, if you're going to pray, then get ready for the fight. And don't start something unless you can finish it. Because you aren't doing your family or you any favors. We're just destroying ourselves with this haphazard prayer life. If you ask God to do something, then Katie bar the door, hook yourself to the chain, and say, I'm not moving from this spot till I see what I know that God has given me. That was the attitude of, of Daniel. But what we can't do is continue to just be faithless from get going when we pray. We need to stop. We, half the time we pray, we don't believe nothing's going to happen. We are guaranteed nothing ain't going to happen. We don't get ready for nothing to happen. Moving right along, right back to the Bible. Hallelujah. I just thought that would be a little reminder. Listen, I'm telling you, folks, we, listen, we have got to reconstruct our roots of faith instead of allowing haphazardness to destroy us. Hmm, hallelujah. All right, praise God. And so, and then verse 12. And therefore rejoice ye in heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitant of the earth, and out of the sea, and of the sea. And the devil is come down unto us, having great wrath. He is mad. He's been cast out. His, the kingdom has been destroyed. There's no place for him to go. And so his wrath is going to be poured out, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. In other words, the devil knows the time frames that he's in. And then it says this, 
And when the dragon saw that he was cast out unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child, and to the woman were given... Before we go any further, now what does the dragon do because of his wrath? He turns his attention on the person that God has glorified and who has unveiled his son once again. The woman, the nation of Israel. He begins to punish her. But there's something unique that happens to her. And it's found in a uh, verse, let me see, 14. And the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness into her place where she is nourished for a time and times and a half times and the face in the, from the face of the serpent. For the serpent cast out his mouth water like a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman. And the earth opened her mouth, swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Wow. Of Jesus Christ. Wow. And then it says this in, where do I want to go now? You got, I want to prove a fact. Uh, let me find that fact. Uh, the fact of the two eagles. I want to find it here for you. Um, not their testimony today, it's due to Christians. It declares that when the ten nations or the ten horns rise up that God does something in the midst of those ten horns. And I want to find that here for you because I want to show you a secret of how Israel overcomes. I said they were giving it down. But they're doing. Sorry about this. I just thought of this, so I just wanted to throw it in. No. Peter, Peter, where is it? I don't know. And it says where, where God's will, where God would do his will or bring his will to pass, and he turns the hearts of the ten nations in order to fulfill his will. And then what happens is this. There are ten nations of, make up the old Roman Empire, now, they could overcome Israel, but what God does is this. God turns the hearts of these ten nations. Does anybody know the signia of the old Roman Empire? A what? An eagle, absolutely. I believe that there will be two nations out of the old Roman Empire, or one of those nations will side with America. Does anybody know what our signia of our nationality is? An eagle. So someplace upon the two wings that God is going to give, two countries are going to come and they're going to side with Israel. And they're going to protect her and preserve her 
and God will have turned their hearts towards Israel. These are the two wings of the eagles that God rises up to take Israel into the place that God has prepared for her. And so then we come to verse 13. So don't worry about Israel. She's not alone. Could I get an amen? She's not alone because God is on her side and God holds the kings and the nations in his hands and he will turn them to fulfill his sovereign will. And his sovereign will is that Israel and the remnant thereof be preserved in a place that he has provided. And then in uh, chapter 13, it says, I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads, ten horns, and upon the horns ten crowns, and upon the heads the names of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power from his seat and great authority. And I saw one of the heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. Now notice that this beast rises up out of the sea. Now, I don't think that it's the literal sea. I believe that it may be out of the sea of humanity, according to Daniel, the seventh chapter. I believe that it's out of the sea of humanity rises up what seems so insignificant a man. But what makes him supernatural is that he gets his power from Satan, his authority from Satan. Then what happens, there is an attempted assassination or something that takes place against this man. The beast is a man. And so when this happens, the beast is wounded, everybody thinks he's dead, and he rises up. Do you remember what was supposed to happen when Jesus rose from the dead? He was supposed to believe that he was alive. In fact, the argument was, Paul says that there is a man that was dead, but now he is alive. And he contends that he is the Christ. And they said, look, whether a man died or whether he didn't deny, that's not up to us. You guys argue it out. But the point being that no man had ever raised from the dead. So what they do in order to receive the Antichrist is that they receive the beast resurrection as a form of supernatural intervention by God. And so the beast is now seen as a man that was dead but has overcome death. What's he doing? He's trying to represent a false Christ. The real Christ did die. The real Christ did raise from the dead. And that's where salvation is. Amen? All right? And then it says, And they worshipped the dragon that gave power unto the beast. In other words, a god. They worshipped a god that the beast said accomplished or committed the act of resurrection in his life. Do we not believe in God through one Jesus Christ? Yes. Because of him we believe in God. God raised him by the 
from the dead. The Bible says that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead by his faith. By his faith. And it says, and they worshiped the dragon and gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast saying, who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? He's overcome death. And there was given unto him a mouth, what's this, speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. The end. And he opened his mouth, blasphemed against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in the heavens. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given to him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life or of the life of the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. So who is going to worship him? Unbelievers. Who is going to resist him? The Christian, the saints. Is that the woman's child? Or is that the woman? That is not the woman. Israel is certainly worshiping. But Israel is hidden in a hiding place by God. But there are many saints up on the earth that have come out of the salvation of 144,000 that have believed because of the two witnesses and that have heard the gospel from the angels that are preaching the gospel. There are thousands and hundreds of thousands of people that are getting saved and have been saved, and the devil turns his wrath on those people. Why? It's almost as if Israel is silent. She's being protected. Angels are preaching the gospel. Saints are preaching the gospel. Satan cannot contend with the angelic host but he can contend with the human vessels of the representatives of Christ. So he makes war on the saints, and he has power to overcome them or take their life. And it says, and then verse 9, If any man hear, let him have, let him hear. Let him have ears, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go down into captivity. He that kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the slain. In other words, they're going to give their life. And it says, And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. And he that hath two horns like a lamb, but he spoke like a dragon. Now what do we have? Now we have the Antichrist unveiling himself. The Antichrist has two horns looking like a lamb, but he preaches deception. What does he do? He enters in to the Jewish tabernacle or the tabernacle of David, and he begins to proclaim himself God. And so, at that time, he tries to deceive people. Now remember, they're already worshiping the beast. So now when the dragon comes on the scene, the other beast, he has the looks like a messiah. He's a peacemaker, but in reality, he is a deceiver. He's preaching a false religion, and people are swallowing it hook, line, and sinker. 
So, he looks like he should be God, but he's not God. He enters into the Holy of Holies. This is the desolation of the abomination of Daniel that is found in 1 Thessalonians 2, Daniel 20, Daniel 9, 26 and 27, and Matthew 24. So you'll find when he goes in, he desolates the Holy of Holies. That's when Israel rejects him. That's when they are hiding. Then it goes on to say, hallelujah, I beheld another beast come up out of the earth. Now, where did he come from? Somebody say, out of the earth. He doesn't come out of the pit. He isn't there yet. He comes out of the earth. The earth is a, when it uses that phrase there, it means out of an abyss, someplace that has been hidden under the earth. It's not uh, accessible to us. We don't know what is there, but we do know that this beast comes up out of the abyss. And so, well, you know, they've heard people crying on sound things and all that. Oh, humbug, please stop such foolishness. They heard anything. They dug so deep they was on the other side and they were here in China. That's more feasible than what you're trying to tell me. Stop. Why do we believe such foolishness? Huh? I don't know. I don't know. I think we're so gullible that we're like fish that haven't been fed for a year. We just eat anything. Did, have you ever heard that story? You know, we got so down, we put microphones down, we, we heard groanings and screamings. And Where are they hearing that? We, we dug into hell. Now you reached China, stupid. You never reached hell. You never will reach hell unless you live wrong. Then you'll get there and you, you'll think screaming. You'll be recorded. All right, and it says in this, and he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him and causes the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he doth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. This is where for Second Thessalonians 2, 1 says that he has lying signs and wonders sometimes we hear people say well you know they're healing people that that's a devil they're just leading people astray listen anything is done in the name of Jesus Christ is not done by the devil could have get an amen my word I got so many complaints I ought to open up a complaint shop I'm telling you hallelujah and he that doth uh, and then verse 14 he deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he hath power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwelleth on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. He had power to give life unto the image of the beast. Yeah, a statue comes alive. And the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark 
in the right hand or in their foreheads. Somebody say a mark, not a chip. Oh, there you go. You're getting mad. Not a chip. Not a chip. Not a chip. Not a chip. Well, you know, they're putting them in there. Not a chip. Oh, they're just deceiving you. Not a chip. This is an open refusal to serve and to bow to the beast. And until the beast comes up, this cannot be accredited to surrender to him. What? Hello? When they're putting chips in dogs, bow wow. Who cares? They're putting chip in our servicemen. This is not the mark of the beast. It is in their hand, in their forehead. Not a chip, a mark. Boy, this is real so simple. I'm telling you, even a redneck hillbilly, 12th grade dropout, hallelujah, rejecting the scourge of the earth, can understand this. And it says, and Mark in the right hand, and that no man might buy or sell, say that he had the mark or the name, the name, not a chip, a name. Well, they've got a chip written on that name. No, they'd stop. A chip or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Whoo. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. Count the number. Not, whoo, tick, 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 tick. You got a chip. No, no. And count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a, what? Man. And his number is six hundred three score and six, 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 six. A number. You know what? If we had what we had in 1920, we'd already have all been declared sons of the devil. Because we got chips in our credit cards. Come on. We got chips in our phones. We got chips in our TVs. We got a chip here and a chip there and a chip there and a chip everywhere. We're chip, chip, chipping, chipping. We aren't looking for a chip. We're looking for the name of a man. Do you think that when these had the number of God in them that they had a chip from heaven? The devil's trying to duplicate what God does. I am so, yep, that's why I'm not, that's why Bumpkins is my place. Now, now I'm quickly going to try to get through with this. Hallelujah. Praise God. Folks, all you have to do is just read the book. Just read the book. Is that pretty simple? Hey, what, what did they come out with a medical chip? I'd probably get one. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, what? Well, you shouldn't do that. That's a lack of faith. Well, it'll get burned up in the judgment seat of Christ. It just phew, melt away. 
I'm not afraid of that kind of stuff. Look, I want to chip in fellow. She gets killed someplace. I want to have a death certificate so the insurance comes through. Sorry, honey. And then, then, and I looked and lo, a lamb stood upon the mount, Zion, and had a hundred forty and four thousand of his father's name written in their forehead. But because it was so ugly, we put a chip in. No, do you understand that these are undeniable marks from God? And these are undeniable marks from the devil. There is no question. You aren't going to be able to get somebody that can rewire a telephone and get you into the system of the devil and you being a Christian. If it's not written on your forehead, if it's not in your right hand, then you belong to God. Amen. You belong to God. Hallelujah. And it says, And I heard a voice from heaven and the voice of many waters is the voice of the great thunder and I heard the voice of harps harping with their harps that was really a women's meeting and 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 they sang as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the uh, elders and no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty four thousand which were redeemed from the earth and those that were that we were not defiled with women, and they are virgins, and these are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were the redeemed from among the beings, the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb, really, out of the nation of Israel. And it says, because we are the first fruits unto God through Christ. And it says, and in their mouth was found no guile. And they were without fault before the throne of God. And I saw another angel in the midst of heaven, the everlasting, preaching the everlasting gospel unto them that dwell on the earth and to every, uh, every nation and kindred and the tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God, give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that make, made heaven and earth and all the sea and the fountains of the waters. And there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, and the great city because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And a third of the angels followed them saying with a loud voice, if any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his right hand. Now, just in case I'm wrong, I'm getting my chip in the left hand. Okay. All right. And, and, uh, and the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Now, let's go over to, I think it's chapter 15. No, it's not. All right. Okay. This angel right here is Michael the archangel. 
he began to make war with the, with the devil that we found out. The Jewish remnant is a Jewish remnant that is picked up by the wings of two nations that God transforms their heart, brings them either out of the Roman Empire or America is mixed with them. And he puts them and he hides that remnant. They are hidden. This, sea, this right here comes up out of the sea. It is a beast, the first beast. The second, which is this land beast, becomes the false prophet. And then all of those things that we're going to talk about, the uh, three angels, we'll talk about next week. So we discussed a lot, a whole lot. And, uh, but I do want to encourage you folks, look, God deals with the heart of man, and the devil must have the heart of man for man to be his. Amen? You can't get a chip unknowingly without a heart surrender to worship the beast. So we can just erase all that. Well, you mean we can all just go get chips tomorrow? Well, I guess you can get anything. But if you don't need it, don't get it. But I'm just saying, don't fall for that because literally it's not true. Amen? We act like anything that happens to us, even by mistake or through our foolishness or our ignorance, condemns us to eternity. That's not true. That's not true. The devil is after your heart. You have to worship the beast. Or you can't get the number of the beast. The Bible said if you don't worship the beast, you're killed. So they aren't just going around putting chips in people and saying, hey, man, we got 10,000 today, buddy. Uh, the mall was full. It is, please, that, that's not. We're talking about worship, free will, submission, and service to a being. That's what we do with Christ. I don't have a Christian chip. I don't have a Christian necklace. I, I, I do have a Christian shirt, I believe. But folks, we cannot allow these false things to continue. Well, I know, you know, I have it by great uh, insight and by great authority that they're making chips by the thousands and they're going to put them in milk and people are just going to swallow them and they're all going to be deceived. Start straining your milk, saith the Lord. Well, you might think that's funny. That's how gullible we are. And when you fight those traditional false teachings, they'll eat you up on Facebook or any other book. They're going to hang you because they are so steeped in their religious thinking. You know, we used to think the Antichrist was a computer in Belgium. But now since... The iPad has come out. <laughs> the Mac. No. Belgium is not even a concern, but it used to be in every prophetic teacher's mouth. What happened? Did God change? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. People were foolish then, and they're just as foolish today. Just read the book. Read the book. Please, just read the book. Amen? Amen. 
You know, you know, it used to be television, television. Well, now we wish to God we had all those satellites so we could see the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But instead, we let Hugh Hefner have them. We let HBO have them. We let Hollywood have them. And we ain't got none. We should have got in on the bandwagon so that we could have took the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. Radio first come out. You know, they're just going to get in the hearts of everybody. Don't listen to it. Don't you wish we had all the radio stations? Amen. Please, folks. Man, we have got to start being something other than catch-up idiots. We're always missing the bus. Right? Always missing the bus. Let's be on the cutting edge for Christ's sake. But let's not let false doctrine separate us from truth. And I don't care how many. I've got it from sound sources. I don't care. Just give me a biblical truth. Just give me one verse that said God's chipping away. And then you can interpret God using chips. Please, let's not go there. Come on. We are not fools. And we need to stop being led about by fools. And we need to be quit treating, being treated like fools. If you can read, you can understand it. Oh, am I supposed to take the offering? I should have done that before I preached this. All right. All of you that believe in chips, raise your head and, and, and just forget what I said. We're going to, no, 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 I'm telling you. Hallelujah, no, no, no. They'll know you by your fruit. And I'm telling you, if you got a mark of God on you, people will know it. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And, and if you got a mark of the devil, you will be worshiping the beast. You can't have the mark if you don't bow at the beast. Amen. All right. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. Just simple, God, that a child, even a child, God, we got it. And even a child can understand it. God, just let us have faith that, God, you are as simple and unveiling as you said you are. God, we're not foolish people. We are people after your own heart. We're created in your image. We have a mind. We can comprehend. We can understand. We can look. And we can discern truth. Now, God, I thank you for your word. Help us, God, just continue to glorify you in all that we do. And then, God, I ask you to bless the givers tonight, those that are sowing seeds. And, God, those that are giving tithe, we thank you, Father. That, God, we are taking the finances, the offerings, and the sacrifices of people, and we are building the kingdom of God. And, God, we thank you for it. In 